Pro Talk with ProTech, digging deep to learn the stories, lessons, and accomplishments of experts in the real estate industry. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today, we get to meet top real estate agent Alex Martinez, managing partner of the agency DC Metro office. It's so nice to see you, Alex. How are you doing today? Great, Haley. How are you doing today? Good, good. Um, so just to kind of get things started, let's hear a little bit more about you. How long have you been a real estate uh, agent and what made you decide to join the industry? Oh, wow. That makes me feel old when you ask that question. But yeah, <laughs> I got my license back in 2002. That's when I you know, decided that I was going to get into real estate. So it's been over a decade for sure, close to being 20 years. And yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. Crazy to say, right? Over 20 yeah, years. Yeah, now, now that I look back, it's just, you know, when I, I speak with some of my first clients, I'm like, it's, it's been that much at the time. And I've looked at their children and they're now in the process of buying. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is just, it, time has gone by so quickly. It's just amazing yeah. how time flies. Absolutely. Well, you know, it must make you feel good that they're still coming back to you, children of, you know, people that you've helped 20 years ago. So that's amazing. Totally. I mean, you, it's, they're coming back and now you get to, you know, experience how different it is because a whole different dynamic. I've helped so many families and now I'm helping their children and they got married and even expecting a baby and you get to see how faithful your clients can be if you if you do good to them. And so mm -hmm. it, it, it's very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. All about those referrals. I love it. Um, and then do you have a team? Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. So yes, we do have a team. Uh, I can tell you that honestly, uh, having a team has been one of the greatest things that, you know, uh, that has happened to me and just kind of getting the right people and being blessed with, you know, all these people that are surrounding me and uh, that are more of anything helping, uh, you know, out with, you know, I think as a leader, it's more of anything you have to realize that you're not good at everything. And you have to acknowledge your strengths and weaknesses. And you have to build uh, uh, something around yourself where you know that you're not, you know, very good at so that you are able to, you know, encompass everything. And if I'm an ADD type of person, you know, I will move very quickly and I need people on my left who are going to keep me in line, who are going to just making sure that, you know, all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted and attention to detail, right? I'm great when I'm meeting somebody, I'm getting in front of them and then I can build that report and everything, but I'm always going to need people that are going to be cleaning after, you know, if, if you understand what I'm saying. So, yes, just to answer your question, yes, I, I'm blessed with a, a team. One of the things that I can tell a lot of people and people who have been in real estate, if, if I've read this book from Jim Collins that speaks, uh, you know, it, it, the title of the book is From Good to Great, right? So companies have made a, a leap of faith uh, from being good companies to becoming great companies. And this guy is talking about, you know, the fact that if it's, it's about getting the right people on the bus. Uh, it doesn't really matter where the bus is headed to. If you just get the right people on the bus, you're, you know, you're going to conquer the world. And this is how companies have become from very, being very good companies to great companies and Yes, absolutely. So yes, I do have a team. I have uh, agents that uh, I have operational people. You know, I have a marketing department. Uh, we have our own videographer in-house as well. So uh, we've been able to grow, uh, you know, over the years uh, for sure. And we have a great culture at the office. It's it's like a family type of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that we're perfect. I just want to put that out there. But you know, it's we always, we can bump heads and everything. But you know, we try to work the uh, you know things out and just keeping that good dynamic and understanding them. I've learned something else too. You know, music. If you love music, I can tell you that yeah, with music, uh, people. If you're listening to you know people singing a different you know if, you know if they're you know providing an ar- harmony you know people are playing you know singing a different note. But all together, it sounds amazing. And that's kind of how I see it. You know, we can have different ways of thinking or give different gifts. But once it comes all together, it just fill, fills in the, the room. And it just sounds amazing. So that's kind of how the, the business model is as far as our team. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think that that's an interesting approach to it and kind of important to know is that you don't have team members so you can, you know, do less and put more on them. You do it because, you know, you have these imperfections in yourself that you need people in specific places to kind of help you out and work as that team. So I think that that's, that's a really good approach. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you get to learn from them too, right? Because you mm-hmm. get to see how they go about it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Absolutely. I want to learn from, I think that that's one of the key uh, uh, keys to, to success, uh, understanding that we are continuously learning and, uh, you know, we have to be humble. We have to be coachable. We have to learn from others. Uh, just because you had had some success, that doesn't mean that you know it all. You got to continue to, you know, it's self-development more of anything and, and looking at others and how they do it. Uh, I can tell you that that's one of the, the things that has helped me in life. And I always tell myself, be humble, be coachable. You don't ever want to be in a place where you, you are not learning uh, because if you're not learning, you're not growing. Yeah, absolutely. You never want to be the smartest person in the room. Is- I'm a firm believer of that. You, you got to surround yourself with, you know, top players. I tell my son, he plays soccer, and I usually tell my son, you don't want to be the best player on the team. You want to make sure that you're learning from others because if you're the best player on, on the team, you're not really learning. You just... You know, everybody's looking at you, like, depending on you, you don't ever want to create that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be a good leader, but you want to make sure you you have others that are even better than you and that you are growing by, you know, playing with them or even working with them at, you know, at a work environment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that approach. Um, and then what neighborhoods do you find yourself frequently in? And this can be, you know, places you hang out or places that you service. Absolutely. So I'm a talker for sure, right? I can meet a lot of people and people always tell me, how do you know everybody at the restaurants and everything? So I'm always, you know, I'm good with names. So every time I go to a restaurant, I, I learn their names that I figure that's, a, you know, when you're dealing with somebody, when you call them by their name, it's, 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 it's a lot more direct. But I just answered your question. Montgomery County, more of anything, that's kind of, you know, where I've been all these years. We do some PT County as well. A little bit of uh, the further county area. Uh, but just, yeah, Moco, I will say, you know, just Montgomery County. That's, uh, I used to, we used to live in Bethesda, uh, our offices in our Bethesda. We relocated up to uh, Laytonsville, Gatesburg area now like, because our children go to a private school, Covenant Life. Uh, so just more of that, you know, that we started to do some Northern uh, uh, Montgomery County as well, just you know, Germantown uh, up to, uh, you know, Clarksburg and Damascus. Uh, that's, that's majority of our business. That's what we're concentrating on. Mm-hmm. Love that kind of having your niche area, but you know, you'll go like where else, wherever else you're needed as well. So that's, and that's what I tell people. We don't, you know, really just don't discriminate. If it's far, we go there. It doesn't really matter. And that's kind of the culture that we have with our team. Uh, you know, whatever the business is, we're going to be there. 
Uh, obviously, we want to be realistic. We want to stay with the, in an area where we can service it correctly. Uh, obviously, our, our you know time is our most valuable asset. So we want to make sure that you know we're good at where we are close by. And if, if there is a referral that needs a little bit of an assistance that is not too far, we're happy to help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I love that. Um, and just kind of for a fun question, what would you say would be the craziest thing that you've ever seen in a home? Uh, okay. <laughs> this was recently, uh, honestly, and I think the, this, uh, this thing went viral too, with regards to the video. So we actually had one of my agents, his name is Juan uh, Granados, uh, who works with us. And he was actually, you know, it wasn't my experience, but he put it on our Instagram and our uh, social media within our office. And these people actually, they were showing the house. It's a house in PG County. And they went up to the attic thinking that there was going to be a bedroom. And they were advertising the house as, a, you know, having a bathroom upstairs. And it's like, okay, where is the bathroom upstairs? So as soon as they go up the stairs, they see a, like half a bathroom in the middle of the attic. No doors whatsoever. And it was just hilarious to see how in the world they built a little tiny bathroom in the attic. There was no privacy whatsoever. Uh, and I think that to me, that was so funny. Uh, I even told Juan, listen, call the agent and ask him just for a copy of the permits on that bathroom, just to mess around with him. <laughs> just because evidently that bathroom was, they just never pulled permits for it. But it was just, even the clients who were looking at the house, it's like, what in the world is this? Just a little a little piece with tiles, a little toilet, and that was it. And in the whole bedroom there, no doors, no nothing, not even walls around the <laughs> So it, 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 that was one of the crazy things I've seen. And it's super funny for sure. That is so funny. So if I go to your Instagram, I can find that video. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I'd be happy to send it to you. But it, <laughs> it's in fact hilarious. But you know, we actually just, it was within us, just mm-hmm. kind of laughing at, at one another. We have this group chat within our office and we just put it out there. And then people started posting it and it just went viral. People kept on laughing. And it was so funny because when you, he's recording this, right? And he's with his clients and they're just laughing on how they, how in the hell they put that bathroom in, in the attic. And it was a little tiny space. So I'll send it to you for sure. Can you imagine somebody crawling up into the attic with a toilet so they can install it in the middle? Of, like now I'm just thinking about that's funny, but can you imagine the installation process? That's exactly what we're just laughing. And you know what the funny, you know, I guess one of the things that we're just laughing at is like, the whole attic was, you know, wood, right? And then they went ahead and, and took, you know, some tile and just built around the bathroom the tile. Uh, so to us, it didn't even make sense. But I guess they wanted to have a bathroom upstairs, so they they, they did it. Yeah, it's their party trick. Hey, want to see my bathroom upstairs? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and so if I'm buying a home, what would you say would be the most important thing that I would need to know during that process? You got to pick the right agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I tell you the right agent, uh, I'm obviously, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, my team and our, you know, what we do, but I'm going to just keep it real. Uh, if you're get, getting a surgery, right? That's what I, us, I usually uh, tell clients this analogy. Let's say you're going through, you know, picking the right doctor. You don't ever, ever, and I, you know, no offense to anyone, right? Because everybody starts somewhere. Every, you don't ever want to deal with somebody who's only done it once. You want to make sure that if you're, you know, you're going with an expert, somebody who has done it multiple, multiple times. Uh, the reason why is because I feel like, you know, people who have, and I, we laugh at this all the time because people brag on, on the fact that they've been in business for 
at 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And I could say I've been in business for 20 years, but I'm only selling a house a, a year. That doesn't give me the experience. You have to make sure that whoever you're choosing, they do uh, have the experience and they are transacting uh, consistently so that they're dealing with every potential problem and they know how to actually go about tackling the specific problem if there is any problems and they are staying ahead of the curve. They're keeping up with the real estate market. Uh, you know, with real estate, it's just like passion. That's the way I see it. I, I'm big on passion and try to keep up with passion. Uh, but you you gotta you gotta evolve with it. Sometimes you know I'm looking at these uh, kids now. I'm looking at my 15 year old wearing these crazy things, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can pull that off. But of course, you that's you kind of have to evolve with it. You can't just it, be stuck with your old ways and, and thinking that that's just gonna work. You have to make sure that the agent you're picking one knows the area where you're gonna be purchasing uh, or you're gonna be selling. Uh, you also have to make sure that they have the experience. Now everything is so public. Uh, we have home snap half you know if you're picking an agent just have them show you how many houses they've sold over the last year uh ask them how many buyers have you helped how many sellers have you helped what is your price uh, uh, point average so that you know that they're dealing with the right agents and you know everybody has their own little niche and you have to make sure that you know whomever you are picking they're going to be the right fit for you uh you're buying a house, for God's sake, so that you can, you know, you're not buying a pair of shoes you can return later. You're buying a house and you want to make sure that they're giving you proper advice. They're, you know, looking out for you and that they are good at what they do. So actions speak louder than words. So if you have somebody who's a good talker, but they aren't selling anything, you don't want to deal with that. You want to deal with somebody who, of course, knows how to talk, but knows how to, you know, bring actions to these words. So just ask, um, you know, if I have to... Uh, Tell a buyer or seller, just listen, look at my numbers. This is what I'm selling. We're selling it. This is what we saw last year. And then look at the other agent and you'll make your own decision. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I have to tell people about, you know, pick, you know, I guess, yeah, an important thing on picking the right agent for sure. Yeah, you definitely can't argue with that. I mean, do you think that this is something um, like how do you see that changing this year? Like I know um, you probably wouldn't want to pick an agent who hasn't done a transaction since the beginning of the pandemic because so many things have changed during Uh, the pandemic. What is your kind of opinion on that? So as I was saying earlier, right, you have to learn how to evolve with it, right? We're doing things a lot differently since the whole pandemic came about, right? Mm -hmm. Companies that have exploded you Zoom been one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing virtual tourings and, and using Zoom and keeping up with all of that. So if, you know, agents are not exposed to, you know, the market, uh, right now we're going into, you know, like the crazy times. We never, never in my life, I will, you know, you know, I can't even fathom, you know, that, you know, how rapid we're moving with real estate. Uh, you have to understand that the pandemic brought uh, a lot of insight to people when it comes to value and their size of their homes. So people realized uh, now that instead of having one office at their house, then now they need two offices because they are working from home. Mm-hmm. People are now realizing that uh, the importance of having a yard because uh, now they, uh, you know, they were not able to get out of the house as much as they could. So now they want to have that. Uh, I've been talking to people, I own a pool, and I've, I can tell you that the pool company who is servicing our pool, they're telling me that it's been insane. Everybody, everyone 
has you know now called them because they want to get their a pool service and companies who are building uh, pools are completely overbooked no one uh, you know really can take an appointment for building a new pool so you kind of have to know where the market is shifting we have seen a decrease on sales on, on condos more of anything uh, we had had condos for sale that have taken a a lot longer than any other single family home or even a townhouse to sell because people kind of, you know, we were getting into a rhythm of, you know, people buying little places and not really caring about the size of it because they could be doing so many things outdoors or they could be doing so many things outside their home. But now the pandemic is here, things have shifted. And that is the reason why you want to hire somebody who is exposed to the current marketplace and they will know what's selling or what's not selling so they can advise you a proper Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Not to mention, you know, you need an agent, especially in this market, who has really good negotiation skills. Totally. Uh, I'm going to tell you one thing, right? So negotiation skills are crucial, uh, but you can be the greatest negotiator. Uh, but if you don't have the relationship aspect of it uh, with your colleagues and other agents, uh, it's all about relationship. So if if you have a great relationship, if you're able to build a good, strong relationship with those agents who are consistently moving all these properties, and I, I don't know if you know statistics, but you know, real estate, it's a very a, you know crazy world because only about 10% of all agents handle about 90% of the business. So within that 10% of agents, we all know one another, we respect one another uh, because we're dealing with each other consistently. And there are the agents who are doing this, you know, at a part-time basis and they're doing they're getting into the business for sure. But those agents who are actively moving all these properties, we, we kind of tend to know one another. And if you do good business, people are likely to deal with you. So they will help you through it just because they know that you will deliver. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got to write a good offer. you got to have a good ne- negotiator when you're negotiating on, your beh- on behalf of the buyer or the sellers are getting pretty much anything they want right now. But if you have that a relationship aspect and you're good at what you do and you are, you have, I guess, more of anything, a straight shooter, people will value that. And if you're honest, every time, you know, I'm going to tell you, in real estate, there is time where you have to deliver bad news. I treat it as, you know, I have a hot potato in my hands and I have to get, get off my hands and I have to deliver it. But I'll make sure that if I'm delivering you bad news, I'm going to deliver a you know, potential solution to those bad news. But as much as we don't want to give all, uh, those bad news, you want to, you know, you got to give them out. As soon as you have them, you got to pass them on. You got to come up with a plan so that you are appeasing those buyers or appeasing those sellers because it, there is there's so much going on, so many pieces moving with real estate. It can be a dominant effect for other transactions. So you have to make sure that you're you're staying on top of your game. Yep, absolutely. And so with all these moving pieces, what would you say would be your favorite thing about the real estate industry? Oh my God. I love the fact that it, it doesn't feel like work to me. I love that every day is different. Uh, there's not a day that I can say, oh my God, this is so boring. It's same thing over and over. There is always going to be things that are thrown at you uh, that you're going to be like, wait, wait, how do we go about this one? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just they, I guess the velocity of, of how things are evolving and how things are moving. I remember back in the day, we didn't have all the technology that we have at our disposal now. Uh, I remember me carrying a lot of my files of all the buyers and sellers I was working with in the trunk of my uh, car. I remember just, uh, you know, started out with an, one assistant and now, you know, it's, 
everything is just changing, right? Uh, even with the introduction of the digital signing, DocuSign, right? It makes your our life so much easier. Uh, people can sign before we have to fax things over. Now we're just DocuSign, we are CCing uh, the listing agent on the envelope and it's been delivered to them in, in a matter of uh, minutes. So I know we are moving into a, some sort of a digitized experience with real estate because this is kind of the culture that we are you know, evolving to be. Uh, you think about Instagram, Instacart. Uh, everybody wants a uh, you know, prompt response. Everybody wants you to be on it at 24-7. So you kind of have to create systems around yourself that are going to give you uh, the ability to deliver uh, and keep up with you know, what others are doing as well. So, so people feel like, oh, my God, they are so prompt. They are so quick. They can deliver. They, they in a competitive market like this, you want to make sure that you're not going to be late to you know to present your offer. So that is the reason why I don't know if you know this, but we develop we have within our uh, our team a, a department which we call a TCC Transaction Coordinating Center, in which we have about ten employees. I think we're about to ten employees. Our agents. We what we've done is we compartmentalize the role of our agents. Our agents who are good at selling. I realized that they're not very good at crossing their T's and, and making sure their I's are dotted. So they really don't touch any of that paperwork. They just submit a template within our office uh, and then our TCC gets notified and they're the ones to prepare the offer. So they're meeting with a buyer uh, and they're like, we're ready to rock, rock and roll. Within 45 minutes, the buyer is going to have their offer in their inbox just for them to sign, just with the terms that were outlined within that template. So we have very strict uh, SLAs with our teams. Uh, even I have, we have people on call on the weekend because we want to make sure that they're staying on and our agent can just be with their iPad and be like, okay, this is what you're going to go through. Just sign, sign, and boom. Uh, DocuSign allows you to send it to their email. If you have your iPad, if you have a, a, not, a buyer who is not that sophisticated, you have your, your Apple Pencil and they can sign off on the, on the iPad and boom, the offer is now signed and it now can be submitted. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how things have changed, you know, since you started in the business? Cause I'm sure all of that was pen and paper before. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it, it was overwhelming. I got to tell you that I remember, you know, there was a time where I like I'm working too much and my eyes started twitching because I'm thinking that like, there's too much going on. Right. That's kind of when, you know, I decided that we we're going to, I was going to put a team together because I was doing everything myself. And the beauty of everything is to start empowering others to do, you know, what you, 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 our times are, you know, time is our most valuable asset, as I said it earlier. But yes, I, I agree. Things have changed so dramatically. And I think that we are learning how to be so much more efficient so that we can accomplish a lot more and we can service a lot more people. And just compartmentalizing those roles within, you know, a, a purchase or a listing site, I just allowing a, our marketing department to develop those beautiful brochures and, you know, writing and bragging about the whole house and everything. Uh, I'm good at talking, but when it comes to, the, you know, dedicating myself just to write all the remarks and everything and being so specific, I let somebody else handle that just because they're going to be much better than I am with words and even gra- a grammar and whatever you want to call it. There's nothing worse than you're looking at a listing and it doesn't even read correctly. It just looks sloppy altogether so just delegating down to the people who are good at and and just learning how to keep up with every every everything i think that that's key 
Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation, you know, understanding your weaknesses and being okay with your weaknesses and being okay with somebody who has that strength that can come in there and kind of, you know, fill in those gaps, so to say, you know, in your business. So that's, that's amazing. Um, and then do you prefer working with buyers or sellers or do you have a preference? Right. So I love people. I, I really don't care. Right. But if you think it, think about it, right. As you know, time has gone by, uh, I don't have the ability to work with buyers anymore because we have a very strong team and they deal with buyers and dealing with buyers can be very time consuming because you're meeting with them and you're taking them to tour properties and that can be, you know, it could take a lot of time. Right. With regards to listings, uh, that's what we, you know, that's, I'm a lot more involved now with listings. Uh, even the, even with that, I'm delegating that uh, down to, you know, our marketing department. Uh, as I said earlier, we have our own videographer. We have, you know, very strong people within our different departments. So when you're meeting with a seller, I'm going to look at a house and I'm going to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We even have our own construction division within our company. And they're taking care of all those minor details. I have We have people in our payroll that are going to come out and do the paint right uh, for our clients we are that's we didn't create that with the intention of making a profit it was more like how can we service our clients better uh so that they have access to all these vendors and we are getting it done for a lot less than you know anybody else and i'll tell you why because if you if a homeowner is hiring somebody to paint their house and the big companies are going to charge charge them an arm and a leg for it because the likelihood for them to come back to them is like, how often are you going to paint your house, right? But we have so much repeat business that our vendors are, you know, they understand it's not an actual, they're not going to make so much money for just one transaction, but the volume that goes along with that. So even if they're making very little, little margins, but there is so much business coming through the door, that's how they make it up. And that is the reason why we have those vendors and they are proven. We are extremely thorough with that. Even talking to you guys, right, Protect, uh, we, that's the only reason why we do business with you guys because you guys are good at what you do. You guys have an amazing uh, you know, team and you have a great infrastructure. So we want to make sure that we are partnering up with people who are going to be able to deliver. Uh, you guys are amazing when it comes to delivering the reports and everything. We want people like that. We don't want to, you know, wait around for an inspector to take two or three days to send us the, their inspection report because they're over their head with inspections. And now we're having to be late on our contingency. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, our goal is to be part of your team. So we want your team to be as, as successful as ours. And so, you know, we really appreciate it when we have re- agents who, you know, kind of see us as part of their team, you know, the transaction moves because we're helping you move forward. And so I really appreciate that. Absolutely. That's it. it that it's an extension of your team mm-hmm. and you guys become part of us and, and we are a part of you guys as well. So it's just creating those great partnerships. We, we can talk about lenders. We can talk about title company. We can talk about all those major players within a real estate transaction. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason why we are big, you know, we push big on uh, our clients working with our preferred lenders and preferred title companies because we have that relationship aspect of it. Uh, and mm-hmm. we have different companies, you know, that we partner up with and we tell them, I, I want to tell you one thing. We even have a, a thing within our office that if, they choose to go with a different inspection company or to go a different company that we are releasing ourselves from any liability because they can create a delay on the transaction uh, and they can, you know, create problems. So we tell our, our buyers, listen, you are within your right 
you can pick whomever you want. Make sure you're reading about them. You're making the right selection. But if they're not within our, you know, recommended vendors, we are releasing all liability. I uh, just uh, kind of like disclaimer here. If you're choosing to work with them, that's on you. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that they're not going to be looking at us like, okay, what happened here? Uh, just because they chose to work with somebody who was not going to be efficient, that, that was their choice. So, and we've learned through the years. Uh, people can say, uh, yeah, we'll deliver, but they won't deliver. And, and then just create stress, unnecessary stress, if you, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. You work with people that you know, like, and trust. And if you don't know somebody, it's hard to, you know, kind of trust them that they're going to get that report to you same day, next day, whenever they say that they are. So yeah, absolutely. I can totally agree with that. Um, and let's kind of switch gears here and talk about a really challenging time for you and how you overcame it. And this can be personally or professionally. Okay. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I think about, I can, I can, if I'm going to talk about a professional level, I think 2005, 2006, uh, kind of things blew up. Uh, everybody's like selling like crazy. Everybody's making real good money. And suddenly we hear banks going out of business and people facing foreclosure and uh, doing losing their homes because they, I think that it was an unregulated market with regards to financing. So everything blew up. Uh, I remember at the time, you know, I didn't know, if, you know, what to do. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that we're dealing with all these buyers, all these sellers and properties are, you know, flying off the shelves. Uh, then we started shifting gears and I started, you know, I realized that, you know, we got to evolve with this. We got to do, if we want to, we want to be, we want to be able to stick around. We have to figure out what, you know, what needs to get done here. So I, I'm going to tell everybody on this podcast, there's always a way of making money in real estate. There's always a way to make money in real estate. Think about the pandemic, how much money the people were making on those face masks. They were crazy expensive. Think about how much toilet paper was going for like people were just or even a hand sanitizer i remember my wife actually bought a, a set of hand sanitizer for our office and it was like super 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 expensive uh but now let's let's go back at, at 2005 and 2006 we started doing a lot of short sales helping all these families who were in the verge of losing their homes uh there was a time where, you know, we had up to about 120 listings, all short sales. And then I started getting into, you know, calling the banks and developed a relationship with Penny. I started doing some bank bank owned properties as well. Uh, property reservation. We're doing BPOs. We we're doing all these things. And I guess what? Now we have, you know, 100 plus listings. People are now calling us. Our signs are all over the place and our phones are ringing off the hooks because people who know that prices are definitely going to get back up, they are investing in real estate. Uh, I remember uh, specifically there's this uh, Chinese lady who called me. It's like, I'll treat you to, uh, I'll, I'll, let me take you to lunch. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, let me treat you to, uh, let's go to Cheesecake. I said, okay, let's go to Cheesecake. And it's like, listen, Alex, I know you have a lot of short sales. We are looking to, you know, get a good 10, 15 properties within the next two years. And she, in fact, bought that many properties within those two years uh but you know it was it was a great thing it was challenging because we were calling banks they didn't even have a loss mitigation department at the time we we're calling them because we wanted to do a short sale and they would be like okay hold on a second they'll put us in hold for a while they was like what do you mean short sale uh yeah we they're be, they're over you know they're underwater and now they need to sell their house and 
we are, you know, asking if the bank will, you know, take on, a, you know, the deficiency and forgive them for the difference. So those were challenging times, uh, you know, they're behind us. And I know that, you know, everything, everything changes. And I think that that's, that's the reason why I love so much, you know, what I do, because it, as it changes, you, you realize that ultimately you're relying on God. I'm a big believer on that. And whatever you do, you have to make sure that you're entrusting your path to him and uh, he's in control. As much as we want to be in control, we are not in control. One day you can be up here and one, the next day you can be at the bottom. But you have to make sure that you're leaning on the right, you know, I guess you, you trust this in, in, in God. I, I, that's why I believe in, in the hierarchy of, you know, God being our creator and being, you know, the, you know, the one who is in control of uh, this world. So, yeah, just that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's really important too. you know, being in that market crash when it happened and then coming to, you know, 2020, you know, when the pandemic hit, you were kind of already, although they weren't the same, you were kind of already prepared for that shift in the market, whether it was a different shift um, and you were able to pivot and kind of, you know, gear your business in a different direction just because um, you've already kind of been there in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And you are, you always, it's, you know, when the pandemic hit us, um, I was thinking, oh my God, there we, we're going to face another 2005, 2006. So you, you kind of have to just buckle up kind of like you're in a roller coaster and you know, that a big, you know, thing is going to come, you know, you're going to go and you just have to grab onto it and whatever you can. And I uh, just, whatever, whatever is coming at us, you, you, we got to know we got, we're going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, you don't, you never know what to expect. And that's what makes you realize that we're really just not, we're really not in control. And you just have to, you know, take one day at a time. And there's going to be good days. There's going to be some of the days that are not as good, but everything, everything is about perspective. You're going to choose to look at uh, the glass halfway full or halfway empty. I choose to look at the glass halfway full and then mm-hmm. take advantage of whatever it's uh, in front of me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Um, and then what would you say would be your biggest life achievement? Something that you're really proud of or passionate about? All right. So that's an easy question. My family, uh, I think that we value some, you know, a lot of us put a lot of big emphasis on, you know, success. How do you define success, right? Success is, I think it's having that peace of mind, having family around you, people who can support you. Uh, people who are going to be there no matter what. Uh, and obviously getting to know the fact that there is God, uh, that those, those are two, two, my two biggest achievements because they keep, they give me that peace of mind. And I'm like, no matter what happens, if we're with, we have a saying with my wife, if, if we're together, everything will be all right. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. Um, and then tell me something that most people probably don't know about you. What are some hobbies and fun facts? Okay, hobbies and fun facts. Okay, I lo- love, you know, I'm an OCD type of guy uh, to the extreme. Uh, and I'm working on that because I, I do wash my car every day. Uh, <laughs> my house, it has to be impeccable. I'm super crazy about being clean. Even at our office, people think, oh my God, uh, there he comes Alex, let me clean up my desk before he, he's, he gets close. But just because I'm very particular about that. Uh, I do love working out. Uh, I, I have to have me time every morning. 
I, I'm up at six o'clock every morning and I've, that's the time where, you know, nobody's going to bother me. I hit the uh, gym. Uh, I can tell you through the pandemic, we built a gym within my house and the day the gym came together, everything was back order, by the way. But when it came all together, it's been a, a, one of the happiest days of my life where I feel like, man, I never thought that building a, a, like a professional gym at my house was going to make me so happy. Uh, and I never have been as consistent as I have been now because it's, I have no excuses, right? It's right there. I usually, you know, have people from the office and the team, you know, work out with me. I have literally about three or four people that like working out. So if uh, one of them doesn't answer, I call the next one until, you know, we have some sort of workout partner so that we can push one another. Uh, so I love uh, working out. I, I, I love, you know, just staying, you know, active and, and exercising. It kind of just that moment where I blow some steam uh, and, and don't have to worry about anything else, but, you know, just, it, it just keeps me sane. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Like I said, pivoting, you're always pivoting, pivoting around the pandemic. Can't go to the gym, build one in your house. I love that. <laughs> you know, I wanted to go to the gym, but my wife is like, absolutely not. You're not going to the gym. You know, you were not, we're not taking on that risk. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So I guess we'll have to buy a gym. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. What room works best for you? I'm putting it upstairs. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I, we, when we bought the house, the, the previous owners had built, a, a, we have a three-car garage house. And then there's a, another two-car garage on the back of the house. It's a five-car garage, right? Mm-hmm. So the previous owner built that. And the, we didn't really have a use for it because I don't, you know, we don't have five cars, right? So it was always, you know, close to the pool. And we're thinking, should we make that a, like a pool house or something? It's kind of the purpose of having that. And we're just putting, storing a lot of junk. My parents came and dropped off some stuff. Family members will call us like, do you, do you think we can store this in your garage? And we're just gathering things from others. And then I'm like, look, let's just call everybody. They got to come and pick up their stuff. Otherwise, I'm going to be throwing that away. And uh, that's where we built our gym in the back garage. I even put a, a HVAC system so it can be cold, uh, you know, in the summer. And it can be, you know, it can have a good temperature in the winter. And if it gets too too hot, I can open the garage and we can be technically on the outdoors as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. That's amazing. I need to see a picture of this. You'll have to send me one. Absolutely. I'll, send, I'll, I'll owe you two things. I owe you that video on the uh, bathroom in the attic and I'll, I'll send you a, a quick picture on on the, the gym for sure. Perfect. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then are you currently reading any books or listening to any podcasts? How do you generally like to gain your new knowledge? That's, you know, remember we're talking about, you know, you know, kind of staying up and, and you know, continue to learn from others and, and self-development. Uh, when I'm working out, I usually have my ear pods and I'm listening. I, I like reading, but since I'm moving at a thousand miles an hour, I'm not getting into audibles, you know, so I listen to books. And this is how I knew about that other book that we talked about earlier. From good to great. I'm now talking. I'm reading on a book that I'm almost done with. I read Fanatical Perspective. Uh, I'm on uh, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. Great book. Uh, it talks about you know, you realize that you're gonna meet those who's. Uh, it's it's not about how you're gonna get it done. Who's gonna get it done? Because there's only so many hours in a day. So if you're you know finding those right who's, uh, you know the sky's the limit, right? You are empowering, you're given an opportunity for somebody to have growth as well. 
once you figure out who the schools are going to be, you know, you're leveraging, you're actually allowing others to do things that you don't want to do or you can do because of, you know, your time constraint uh, and you are expanding and you're, you're allowing others to, to, to have that leadership and everything. So uh, when it comes to the leadership, I, I've learned through the years that key and super important is when you're picking uh, the people that you want to, you know, work with, you want to make sure that they're, First of, of, of anything, they're faithful, they're loyal uh, to your vision and they're vested to it. And obviously you have to make sure you pick from the best. You, they got to be skillful too. So, But don't pick talent uh, before you pick. I tell my son all the time, hard work pays off and hard work comes before talent. You don't want to hire somebody just because they're talented. You want to make sure because they are going to be working as far as you are going to be working. And obviously, you're skillful. So I tell myself, you want to be good at soccer? Hard work. You can be talented, but you don't want to do, you don't want to work hard. You're not really going to have growth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And where do you see yourself in the next five years? What are some long-term goals? Long-term goals. So I think that more of anything, uh, as I you, you gave the introduction, we are the first, uh, we're the first office for the agency in the East Coast. Now they are in Connecticut as well. The agency is a company from the West Coast. Uh, very luxury experience type of branding. Uh, for those who know, don't know the agency, I encourage you guys go into our website and look, we're a global company. Uh, the way I see it is uh, having uh, the agency brand being recognized uh, among the DMB area uh, for people to know oh, the agency, just kind of like they know Compass now. I remember when Compass got, kind of got into our market, people don't really, they didn't really know about Compass. And just having that growth, having the, the opportunity to uh, have multiple offices and, and just expand and build off of that. That's that's where I see it within the next five years. Love that. Um, and let's say I'm your next prospective client. Why should I call Alex? Uh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but, you know, just because we're the best and we do yield great results. Uh, just look at our numbers. We sold, what, $265 million last year? Close to about uh, 600, prop, uh, six, 600, how much was it? Uh, yeah, I think that it was close to about 600 properties that we moved within a year. So uh, that tells you a lot about who we are. Uh, obviously, you, you, as much as I, I, love, I love to be humble, for sure. But you, you got to know that, you know, if you're calling us, if we're going to be there. We're going to work extremely hard to get you to where you need to be. Uh, and we yield amazing results. I use this a lot in our listing appointments. There was a listing that we uh, sold last year uh, and they were debating, what should we pick you? And I said, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. Let's look at comps, right? Let's look at this. This house we sold and it was a house that we literally it, it took on as a listing and sold for 50,000 over what the house next door had sold for. I compared the two homes and said, listen, they picked, they picked this agent and they picked us. But guess what? We yield a fifty thousand uh, dollar increase um, in virtually the same identical house. That is the reason why you want to call us because we will market the heck out of your home. We'll go above and beyond, and that will create the results that you're looking for. Uh, that that's the reason why you should call us. I think. Love it, absolutely. Numbers do not lie. That's for sure. Um, and then tell everybody how they can reach you. What's a good phone number, email, social media handles, things like that. Okay, so you can reach me through, you know, obviously my cell phone. Uh, 
or my office, I'll give my office number, of course, uh, and then I'll also give my cell phone. Uh, my office number is 202-888-1127. I'll say it again. It's 202-888-1127. My cell phone number is 240-286-4187, 240-286-4187. And obviously through our social media, uh, Alex Rubari on Instagram, or you can uh, do Instagram, the agency, DC uh, as well. And, uh, or you can do the agency, uh, which, you know, we are by far the number one company in real estate uh, with followers over Compass, over any other company. Uh, and so you can learn a little more about the agency itself. Perfect. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, sit down with me today. It was really nice getting to know you and hearing your story. Great. Absolutely. It's been a great pleasure, Haley. You made me feel so comfortable and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to maybe doing this another time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow ProTech Inspection Services on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just say test. Test, test, test. Test, test. test.